Ready? And we're recording. What? And we're walking. <laughs> what was that from? And what was that from? That was from... That was from Mars Attacks. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mars Attacks. I haven't seen that movie in a minute. I, I know. I do like it. I've only seen that once in the theater when it first came out. Mars Attacks. And it wasn't great then. <laughs> Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. You're listening to episode 14-7, Podcast World 14. We are in the ice world. There's nothing icy about today or this world. This is the, the sauna district. The cold of my heart. Well, I, the icy cold of my heart. I'm the icy heart man. I'm the... I eat all of our shirts. <laughs> the shirt consumption district. There we go. We are a video game music podcast where we listen to great video game music of all generations and all consoles. And sometimes we just talk. And we eat shirts. And we eat eat your shorts. Yes, yeah, right. Eat my shorts, man. Yeah. Don't have a cow, man. Don't have a cow. <laughs> Steve Taves. Well, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, we're already into our topic. We haven't even done the top of the uh, show. Okay, okay. Um, at this beginning part, my name is Rob Nichols. And I'm sometimes Purnell. Always Purnell. That's what we do. Um, this week's topic is suggested by... The messenger. Less listener. Lessener. <laughs> the lessener. The, the lessinger, messenger. Messenger. the messenger. This is the quality of show you're getting today. If you want a much higher quality show, tune in last week. <laughs> nah, this is the best kind of show. Where we're all over the place, but we still know what we're talking about. That's okie dokie. Um, but to get the name right dokey. so we're not being disrespected nerds. Alex the Messenger actually suggested this topic, yes. and it seemed like an oddity at first, but the more I thought about it, and then when Rob heard it, and the more he thought yeah, about it, it, took me it a just clicked. It took me a minute to click, and then he made some suggestions. So the topic is memes. Or memes, depending on what school of dialect you come that? from. I've heard, I've heard Christy say that, meme Yeah, I've heard it from people saying that's how people say it, but I've never heard a person actually say it. So by the end of this episode, we are going to have the, the history of the word meme. Don't quote him on that, because it might not happen. Could you use it in a sentence? <laughs> My, that's a funny meme. Me, 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 me. All right, full disclosure, I dislike memes. But, no, that's impossible. It is, a, it, is a, it is a comedy shortcut that nobody owns. Yes, what's wrong with that, though? There's, there's different <laughs> st- levels of humor. There's a humor with layers, and there's a picture with a cow, you know, it, saying, it is, eat more it is chicken. It is the B-sharps of jokes. Hey, hey, it's a joke that sounds funny the first time you hear it. It's not then, as funny and as And the fourth go. time someone shares it with you, it gets less and less funny. But then there's things like steamed hams, which became a meme, and it never stopped okay. being funny. All right, all right, all right. One, steamed hams. It's never not funny. Two. Whoa, whoa, double negative. I don't know what to take that. Okay, <laughs> it's always funny. Number two. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Number two. Um... Uh, Bart Simpson hitting his dad with a chair while he's in the bathtub. Never gets old. Always funny. That's right. No matter what you do with it. And they, and people have done crazy and stuff done with it. awesome stuff with it. Celine Dion. I love it. 
I love the Daytona theme song. I yeah. love the. I just love the Daytona, Daytona. theme song. Daytona <laughs> in the tub. It's so stupid. It's in the tub. But like, so I, yeah, no, no. I don't. I don't hate memes. I just have opinions yeah, on just, those things. There are just. It's just fine. Let's just be it's specific. Fine. There are memes you like, and yes. there are memes you don't like. And there's and then there's about a hundred percent of memes that I don't. Like. <laughs> That's a problem. You just named two. And then you everything do. you like, I hate. Well, that's true. You, yeah. But you um, gotta deal with it. <laughs> I have to deal with it. So we're gonna look at video game memes, and we're gonna pick music kind of around the around meme. what that meme is, and then and then that'll be a fun fun thing to do for the evening. Uh, works works <laughs> for me. Over over Chardonnay and Wawa brand coffee. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, champagne and Wawa hoagies. <laughs> Can we get any more East Coast? Um, before we begin, I would be remiss to talk about September 8th, Saturday, in Connecticut, the Hartford, Hartford, Hartford Convention Center at Retro World Expo. You can see Ed Wilson, Purnell, Rob, and Cameron in a panel. We'll be talking about <laughs> I stuff. Don't know why that's very, it's very anticlimactic. Like, we'll be in a room. We'll be in a room, possibly talking with you. Um, actually, we we no, we, it's going to be fun. We're going to do a podcast recording. We're going to listen to great music. Um, it's going to be a co- a comparison of Western composers and Eastern composers. Of course, I'm on the West East, and East. I'm on the Eastern composer side on this one. I'm yes, sure you absolutely are. <laughs> I have no choice. <laughs> here's a here's a little ditty. But if you if you come uh, September eighth, it's going to be at one p.m. Um, we're going to do listen to great music. We're going to get super silly, and we're going to play some dumb games with the audience, and we're going to have lots of s- silly, stupid prizes too. Yes. And and if you see us there, we'll give you stuff. We'll give we got we got free stuff to give away. Cokes and smiles. Cokes and give you a coke and a smile. That's right. Limited time only though. We have like five available. Only five smiles available? That's right. That's an amazing feat between two people. It's, it's a hard <laughs> <laughs> Well, has, Merbs doesn't stock very well, but we make it work. I didn't think, yeah. All right. Um, how about we just start getting in... Before we get into music, what's what's your meme me? My, my what? What's your meme? Oh, well, I don't say the meme first. I say the game, and then I talk about the meme. Oh, see, I thought we needed like like some interest. Oh, there's a meme fact. It's okay. just, I'll name the game and the track as yeah. normal, okay. and then when we come back, like, this is inspired by the da-da-da, <laughs> hoopa-dooba, and zigzag. <laughs> so, that's all. It is. Don't be shot if I even do slight bits of research during the episode. No, no. So, yeah, you can see how much we've um, talked about this topic oh. beforehand. Oh, yeah, because... Well, we have our reasons, but the important part is we like to be spontaneous, and we're going to kick this spontaneity yeah. off yes. with a track from a game that I would have probably never selected were it not yes. for a meme-inspired episode. Hit it. Hit me. And that is the title screen theme from the game Wii Music. Wait, Wii Music? Yes. Oh, W-I-I. Oh, for the Wii? Yes. <laughs> and it is composed by Taru Minagishi and Mahito Yokota.
was it. So Rob decided to get Wii music and get into the feeling of the spirit of Wii music by cowbelling it. This track is the Wii music title theme, and it is composed for the game Wii music by Toru Minigishi and Mahito Yokota. So, meme, what the heck is the meme related to this? Well, yeah, it may not be the most prevalent meme nowadays, but it is still one of my favorite ones during the time where it was popular. And that is... So that stems from E3 2008. During E3 2008, there was a Nintendo press conference, as yes. there is every year, and they made an announcement to display the game Wii Music. What happened during this conference, or this display, was they got a number of prominent figures to go up on stage and play the game. Oh, that's right. Of those people, this. there was a particular individual by the name of DJ Ravi Drums, or by name, which I only learned for prep of this episode... Ravi Jakotia. He was a very, or rather is, a very prominent electronic music artist, mm-hmm. and he also has done music for a variety of television shows okay. and movies. He does put in the work, but I don't know him for that. <laughs> what I know him for, and what the meme knows him for, is that when he was on stage playing Wii Music with a remote and nunchucks, he was responsible for the drum component yeah. of the group, and he had this flail and this facial expression as he played, that has been burned into my mind. And there are like gifs out on the internet <laughs> and images where like you might see like a random Facebook thread where someone will just dump him in there, yeah. flailing with a nunchuck or wee boat. It is one of the best things. It's so funny that like I don't think I ever saw that, but I remember when this was announced, like when the Wii was first announced and that the the focus of the console was going to be motion controls, and that they were going to have a music game, but a game where you make music, but the but you, you can emulate instruments using the Wiimote. And I was like, the potential for this is amazing. But mm-hmm. like, you can say that about every game that was released for the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> the Wii U had, I mean, the Wii had a ton uh, of potential. And for a while, it seemed like it was going to hit that stride. Oh, man, I don't know. And then it became a lot of cheap cash-ins. So if you just put a bunch of accelerometers and gyroscopes into a device and, and, and try to emulate something in the real world, it's just not always going to work out. You can't emulate the real world exactly. It's got to be gamified somehow, you know? But they're constantly trying to get closer and closer to hitting that point. They're, they're hoping for it, praying for it, but... They're getting there. Well, I think they're, I think they're going to get closer there with, with um, motion detection with cameras. Well, right now, they're doing it. They're doing a game coming up soon for the Switch where you are a drummer in a band and you have to do, like, drum rolls and the like. Oh, with like, to, the Joy-Cons to, like, kind of drum. And oddly enough, it's actually kind of effective like oh, okay. it, it does a, it does a decent job we were playing it and like i played the demo for the japanese version and i played the demo again at e3 mm-hmm. and it honestly works people were getting high scores and that's he trying to keep up with popular songs it was interesting oh, okay but hopefully listening to this jam yeah and us kind of giving you the a slight rundown of I, this I mean like why, why did you pick this song I, I i mean i like it because i like the strings Duh. I like that a lot. Well, it's funny. I almost abandoned this because what happened was 
I have a I had a huge list of memes, first of all, <laughs> to start this off. And I was like, okay, from the memes, I will find music. Okay. When I went to Wii Music, because I've never played it. I just know what the game's like and right. how it works. Yeah. But a lot of the game's OST is licensed music from other things. So it's like famous classical, like Winter. It'd be the equivalent of saying, from Pump It Up, we're listening to Vivaldi's Winter. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not like, quite licensed, but you mean like adapted works. Yeah. yeah so in the end, it's like, it's like it wouldn't yeah. feel right. Yeah, so okay. the, there was a very limited original music. And at first, I was like, I guess I'm going to have to turn this one away. Mm. And I was like, oh, wait. I never thought to check the title theme. And I listened to it the first time. And I was like, that doesn't sound like that great. Now let's do it the second time because it had some... It grows some, on you, right? Yeah, it really clicked for Well, like me. we were listening to it and I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. I kind of like this. But it wasn't until like the very end I was like, this is really good. <laughs> yes. Oh, worth mentioning about, about Robbie, by the way. I feel like I should say this about him is we, that apparently the, the, the guy who's the me. The not me. Not you. But we'll get back to you. <laughs> we'll get back to it. Robbie Jacotia. Jakotia yeah. was apparently the uh, first Indian American music director for an American television show. Interesting. What show? I want to say it was this show called Howie Do It, spelled Howie with the name Howie Mandel. Cool. Howie Mandel discovered it or something. It's such a random thing. Yeah. Like, Howie yeah. Mandel found it. I was like, you're good at this. I, feel, I want you to yeah. do my show. I feel like you work in the entertainment industry. Like, if, if anything, like actually turns into a movie or turns into a TV show, it's just a weird confluence of ideas finally happen, and it's never what was intended. Yeah, but maybe, I, maybe that was supposed to be like a, a cop procedural about like, you know, uh, uh, a guy chasing down a serial killer in, in the, the the streets of LA in 1980. But Howie Mandel got attached to it and said, "Why don't we do a science show for kids?" <laughs> and and then this guy did the music, and they were like, you know what? Let's let's keep this about kids. <laughs> let's keep the kid wit. Can we, like, tone down the, the serial killer? Can we make him a serial eater? Serial eater. I like uh, Howie Mandel, serial eater. <laughs> 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 I right. think I think before one thing I think yeah, you yeah, can yeah. agree with me on with this before we move on because this might be the only meme we do that involves a human prop. Um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> looking around, I'm like probably. Yeah. Remember that yeah. apparently, actually, that might be an in remember. So I'll save it. Oh, you're gonna save it. <laughs> I All think right. I might save it. All right. So uh, my first track is I cannot believe I haven't gone back to this game. This game has an, an incredible soundtrack. It is Metropolis Street Racer for the Dreamcast. Um, composed by Richard Jacques, did an incredible, incredible job with this this really like wide, varied soundtrack. Some of the songs are country, some of the songs are pop music, some of the song is like straight like metal, and this is a R&B jam called "Think About It" by Richard Jacques for Metropolis Street Racer. Street Racer.
Man, I love that little... It's like a half step off. Oh, it's so good, Pernell. Oh, Pernell, oh, oh, that uh, was so good. Oh, oh you only have to tell me. I was, I was jamming out this, and my thought was, you race to this in the game? Yeah, so you get to choose the music. It's like it's like a radio station in the game. And he, uh, Richard Jacques, composed this, uh, this, this soundtrack of just different types of music. I, we played a track before that was like R&B and rap. Like, um, it just was really kind of, kind of wonky and crazy. Huh. And there's like metal, there's rock music, and there's, um, there's like one or two like country songs. Mm-hmm. But, but this is where it's at. This is where it's at. That was just a song called Think About It from Metropolis Street Racer for the Sega Dreamcast. And I just, I gotta listen to it again. It's so good. It really it's is. so good. And it keeps getting better. Like, until the very end, it just keeps getting better. Yeah, because that was a point where I thought oh. it was looping, and I was like, why is it still going? It was because it didn't loop. Mm. <laughs> it still had more moxie left to present. So, uh, the meme for Metropolis Street Racer is a, um, it's a, I've seen this for a bunch of games, but it's like, it shows like a guy, like a racing game where you're just like slamming into somebody else, and it says an upcoming sharp turn, smash into your opponent. You know, because <laughs> like it's a it, it's a video game, so of course like the fastest way to get through a stage is just to wreck your car. Yeah, because like I think about this, I was like, imagine like you're playing the like before like Gran Turismo came out, mm. there weren't any ra- every racing game was pretty much arcadey in some oh, sense. Yeah. So. No one ever even so much as utilized hitting the hitting the brake in a game. Even if they provided you with a brake oh. option, you just, at best, let off the gas. So there was so much paint being traded with the wall on every turn. Oh, everywhere, yeah. That's just level of aggression. I just picture the people in the stands, like the, your sponsor, looking over. It's like, what are you doing to yeah, like, my uh, car? Like Ridge Racer, you know? Like Ridge Racer was all about just, like, just... just Wrecking your yeah, car. Pedal, not the, pedal on the metal... Slamming it, but um, at, ironically, Metropolis Street Racer awards you points. Uh, they're called kudos for racing um, smoothly and racing like well. Oh, so I thought you were going to say they award you points for trading paint, like like burnout. No, no, no. It's like if you go into a turn and you drift through it and you avoid all the other cars, and it's like a really clean turn, like right on the line at the apex of like the curve and, and like everything looks really smooth it actually gives you extra points for racing beautifully that sounds uh, in cool. theory like i'm sure there's like some kind of weird programming algorithm to figure out like this is this is like why they give you points i never figured it out when i when i first played this game but what's important is but it's a cool how idea, was it right how the, was the game as a whole oh, the game's awesome would I, you say it's one of the tops on the dreamcast i even think so. still i still think so yeah yeah, that's a banger. Thing. I mean, like if you're if you're into racing games, like nowadays, like you are spoiled for choices. Oh, like yeah. Forza and all that, like especially Forza. Like the people I used to work with, they were so into Forza. That's a funny thing. Like my friend Mike and yeah. I were actually talking about this exact thing. Try to remember how many arcade style races there have been popping off in recent years. Like not to confuse, like I think Forza is more sim still, isn't it? Yeah, mostly. I think it's like. 80% sim, but there's online like racing components and stuff. But like I think all like the main racing scene that I'm aware of is all arcade. So it's all um, Wangan Street Racer and um, Initial D. They're still making those games. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That was like called like Maximum Tune or something. Yeah, Maximum right? Tune. Yeah, Wang, which is Wangan Street Racer. So it's all it's all about it's all about you know racing and earning more points and tuning up your car and doing it again. But it's, it's still like Metropolis Street Racer. It's at night. 
challenging other people on the highway. I was like trying to think of like yeah. home games like that. Like I oh. review, I just reviewed a game called All Star Fruit Racing. All Star what? All Star Fruit Racing. Oh, fruit racing. Like you're driving like a car built out of strawberry parts. Oh, I can get down with that. It's an interesting <laughs> game. It, yeah. could, it, could, it, had, it, it had room to be better, but it's a definitely serviceable game that I enjoy. Just oh, it's man. not touching Mario Kart. But it got me oh, thinking. Yeah, yeah. In addition to the conversation, it was like. What other like games like this have popped off in recent years that are of decent quality? Like there's Mario Kart Eight, mm-hmm. Sonic Racing was like years ago with the new one coming out this year. It's, but I'm like I can't think of too much. It's hard when you have like the definitive title that everyone has in their minds, you know? Yeah. But like when it comes down to like just full on racing games, or if you think like of a more so full on racing, like because yeah. Like, yeah, it's one thing to say Sonic and Mario, but. When you uh, get, what about like Ridge Racer, for example? Ridge Racer and Rage Racer were realistic cars driving in reckless arcade ways. <laughs> yeah. Like games like that. How much of that has popped off in recent I years? I don't know. I that, mean, remember Cruising? Like Cruising was... Cruising! Cruising yeah. USA and all those. Those were so popular. Rush. Cruising USA. Uh, uh, San Francisco Rush. Yeah. That was enormous. Yeah, I did like... I see... Like that was the only I, game I know of in the arcade that had a manual transmission with a clutch. Actually, I feel like my old friend circle and I Crazy. played San Francisco Rush 2049 so much that I started to actually hate the game because <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't even play it to be good. He just like wanted to see how poorly he could do, and as he credited himself, burnout. There we go. But burnout, burnout there you go. even burnout was the burnout a last series. But like, there's like. I know it's changed over time, right? Yeah, and I think the last one that came out was Paradise, and Paradise came out ages ago at this point. But that could be something worth the listeners responding to us about, too, if they know of any, because that could be worth looking into, Like especially if you can think of a game that plays like Burnout, mm. but it's not Burnout, because I would buy it probably the day I hear you tell me what it is. Um, a GTA Online. Just like get in the cars and just go crazy. Or play PUBG and get in the vehicles. And, and go, just go crazy. And just go crazy. Because uh, from what I understand, like that's the most fun you can have in that game. Is <laughs> driving random just cars. Just driving, driving yeah, cars and just going nuts on. All right, what's your, what's your next uh, meme? Well, I have a track. I have two tracks here. One could be the closer and one could be this segment. So the question becomes PRM. Mm-hmm. Oh, P. Go with P? Always P. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. P oh. for life. So this track comes from a game where I have definitely brought it up on the show in the past. Yes. Because it has my favorite OST from the series. Okay. But it also happens to fit in with the meme. And this game is called Pokemon Ruby Sapphire. And the track is for Route 120 for the Nintendo Game Boy Advance. Composed by Go Ichinose, Morikazu Aoki, and Junichi Masuda. Hmm.
back. You're listening to the Route 120 theme from the game Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire for the Game Boy Advance, composed by Go Ichinose, Morikazu Aoki, and Junichi Masuda. So, fun fact about this track. Yeah. And the OST for this game. So, I still feel as though Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire has my favorite OST of the series, and yet it is also probably one of the most hated OSTs in the series. Why? why? Because of the trumpets. Like, are these trumpets? Oh, them horns! They're, they're fun, though, man. I love the horns! Yeah. It's like, I don't understand what's to hate. Like, this track is one of the last route themes you hear in the game, and it just seems self so triumphant. Like, I took down, like, five gyms. I'm on a bad stomping storm. <laughs> Why do people not like the, the, the horns, though? I guess it's just, like, an offensive sound to a lot of people. Just the ha-ha-ha! You know, like that... Like, it, that exact is, sound. Is there a lot of it throughout the series? Throughout no, the game just this game. Yeah, yeah, like, pretty much every track in this game. Not every track, but a lot of them have horns. Mm. So it became, like... It's kind of funny, because it's actually two memes in one. <laughs> I wasn't even intending to talk about this meme. But it became a meme in and of itself, where it's like, every time somebody references, like, Pokemon Ruby Sapphire, it's like, and now it's like, release the trumpets! And it'll be just, like, horns just blasting all over the place. Like, basically referring to the fact that if you're playing Ruby Sapphire, you're going to get an overdose of trumpet and horns. So... The actual meme <laughs> I intended to bring up, but hey, two-in-one package, folks. Right. Horns um, is one of the older memes on the internet, and that meme is, so I heard you like mudkips. It is a pretty stupid meme that genuinely makes literal to no sense. The only concept is specifically what I just said, a picture of a mudkip, which is a water-type Pokemon who looks like a mudfish. And it's text that says, heard you like Mudkips, spelled with a U, H-E-R-D, and then Mudkips is spelled with a Z instead of an S. Why the heck does this exist? Apparently, the best I came up with to understanding was it originally originated in DeviantArt back in like 2005. There was a club called the Mudkips Club, and uh, the guy created the group in DeviantArt, and he thought it'd be funny to try to recruit people by just responding on like threads like so heard you like mudkips oh that's funny you should join my club because the way you just the way you said it made me think of exhibit from um pimp my ride where it's like yo i heard you like cars so i put a car in your car so now you can mudkip while you car <laughs> you mudkip so you mudkip while you kip mud so like this thing is just weird though because apparently that's where it started and I was like okay that's fun and Danny yeah. so why why did it become so popular that I know about it because mm. I never frequented DeviantArt and then the answer is the obvious oh, one come on it's 4chan come on you you're oh was it <laughs> it was totally 4chan uh. 4chan filthified it with a dirty comic and then that dirty comic Wait and the concept behind it spread to For various forums 4chan not DeviantArt did the did the dirty comic <laughs> now that's a new one. <laughs> yeah, DeviantArt does the dirty art. <laughs> Honestly, maybe the comic was made on DeviantArt and shared on Fortune. I don't know. The internet's creepy. Hey, guess what? I'm not going to find out. <laughs> Neither am I. But apparently through, you know, just taking it on 4chan and doing the 4chan thing of spreading it to every darn known form known to man, mm -hmm. preferably in the video gaming community and such, it became a known thing, and it started resulting in hacked up images with mudkip faces strewn over various things with heard you like mudkips mm -hmm. in the bottom or around it or well, whatever. I like that. So he was recruiting mudkip um, 
Mudkip fans for mud the Mudkip fans. Club. I couldn't think of like the word. I was like Mudkip lovers, Mudkip. Muddy Mudkippers. <laughs> Mudkip, yeah. Mudkip. Mudkip mains. Do you, do you main uh, Pokemon? Do I main Pokemon? Like, like if you have a Pokemon team, do you have like a main? Oh yeah, I'm a steel gym leader. Yeah, so what's your main? My wild baby, Mega My Wild and Klefki. Oh, okay. A lot of times when you construct a Pokemon team, you have like the an logic anchor, is that right? yeah, the anchor. Like you'll take, you'll say like, who is the Pokemon I love, and you'll yeah. name him, and you'll go, okay, who do I use around him to support this Pokemon's use? And that's how you ultimately construct a team. Like originally, I was like, I like Mega Mawile. Right. Mega Mawile has crap defenses. How do I do something with it? Klefki can use walls. Throw up a dual wall in Klefki to go along with the Mega Mawile. But what if the Mega Mawile is anticipated or the Klefki's anticipated? Put in this freaking bronze zone. And you just kind of dance around it in madcap ways. And then everybody just uses Heat Wave on you anyway. So what the heck ever? What the heck? <laughs> but but you're working around like your favorite. Yeah, you all work around the favorite to ultimately construct a full-fledged team. All right, so I remember doing that because I was so into Super Dude, my Charmander. Super Dude. Super Dude. He was a Super Dude. And now Charmander is my arch nemesis, or rather Charizard is. He kind of like, it was like Pikachu, right? You work with him so long. And he turned him into Raichu, and he's just like he's not the same. Yeah, then you discard him for a better electric. Like you see him his eye. You seen his eyes. Like he's seen some things, you know. Yeah, he has. And then like my cute little Charmander turned into like this giant scary dragon. And I'm like, you're gonna kill somebody. Like, I'm, someone's gonna get hurt. You know, it'd be interesting though. <laughs> it ultimately the break the game if they did this, What's but that? I would like to see him try anyway. Make it such you could take a Pokemon, fully evolve it, and then use a special item to revert it back to its original state. Yeah. But maintain all of the stats of his maxed out form. That would be. They have never done that. No, because it would, like it, probably, it would break else. the game. Oh, it would break the game. Now think about it. I mean, you'd have people busting out Charmander. You don't know if it's a real Charmander or Charizard Mander. Oh, you mean it would break competitive play? Yeah, like I can't imagine it being unless they did like a little cup or something where it was like, okay, because they already do little cup. That's interesting. That your your mind immediately went to. Um, how it would work in competitive play as opposed to like how it would just work in game. Oh, I have no choice now because I since doing the ECPL stuff, I East, have to think competitive. East Coast Pokemon League. That's right. And MAGFest Pokemon League. Ma- MAGFest Pokemon League. Like M- you, MFPL? MAGPL. MF and PL. Oh, stop it. Uh, but like, yeah, like you kind of have no choice but to think from a meta perspective right. because. Every year I prepare for this convention, or whenever I have to deal with challenges at ECPL, I have to be like, okay, where's their meta team going to be like? And I'm not the kind of guy that generally cares about meta stuff, but you get tired of getting stumped yeah, by I these know. challenges you're it's, coming in with their... It's Street Fighter, man. Meta is part of the game now. You just have to deal with it. You got you to, like... It's, it's always been part of the game, right? Back in the day, you got, like, Sagat against Ryu... Or who's going to be stronger, Dalsim against Vega? Like you're always there's a meta game behind who you're picking. You know, it's it's a knight against rook, it's bishop against pawn. Well, now I'm just glad that at least for a lot of people, my major play is anything versus a set of keys. <laughs> It is beautiful. It's like, why is it that the most annoying Pokemon on your team has a key ring? Like, because he's just awesome. And he's so stupid. I love him. All right, let's um, let's walk away from these horns. No! Gonna do it. Two, two! And we're gonna go on to the basketball court. Oh, hooping yeah. be booing? Yeah, we're going to we're gonna play some hoops with Ooh. some classic Lakers versus the Celtics. Ah. So this is the second half music for the Sega Genesis, composed by Rob Hubbard. 
L. Rob Hubbard. L. Rob Hubbard. We have played um, from this game before. I think we played the title music. And it's it's an incredible soundtrack with, with Rob Hubbard on the Genesis. I mean, without, goes without saying. But this is inc- very, very good. So, uh, late, <laughs> Lakers versus Celtics versus uh, Hearst Potato Chips. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it.
Alright, you are listening to Lakers versus Celtics for the Sega Genesis, composed by Rob Hubbard. This game and every versus EA game back in that era were the bane of my Genesis existence. Yeah, but had some amazing soundtracks. I think it was Can't Tim. disagree with that. Tim Fallon did um, was it, uh, Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird. Oh, but no, um, no, there was there was Jordan versus Bird. Oh, Jordan and versus a, Bird. And there was like a sequel, who's, which one is currently eluding me. It was like something else versus Bird. That's crazy. Jordan versus Bird was Bulls Celtics. But Lakers versus Celtics. Who's Lakers? Was that was that was not that what it was? Johnson. Now keep in mind, like the the that Larry versus the 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 Bird thing I mentioned earlier was his own game. Yes. But the EA versus block was always the two teams that I guess were like in the championship. So it was like Lakers versus Celtics, Bulls versus Blazers. Uh, I think yeah. those only two I there, remember. There are two people we need to have on this podcast to talk about this. One, Michael Bridgewater, who. Is a foot, uh, I'm sorry, a basketball fanatic. I think it's kind of hysterical. It's all right. It's like, hey, you live in the UK. Yeah. Did you come on our show and talk about U.S. basketball? Cause we know and, nothing um, about it. And my brother is obsessed with these games from like the 90s. We used to play them all the time, but like he understands that they, these were rivalries, like really well like publicized rivalries in the NBA. So these weren't stuff, even yeah. necessarily like in the finals. These were just rivalries. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, you know, because this topic is from Alex Messenger, I have to say a huge rivalry would be in hockey, the Philadelphia Flyers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Two Pennsylvania teams from two very different parts of Pennsylvania. Who um, is one from Pittsburgh and one's from Philly? Is what it yeah, is? the Flyers are from Philly. Uh, the Penguins are from Pittsburgh. And when they get on the ice... It's a guaranteed bloodbath. <laughs> it's surprising, honestly. It's going to be entertaining for everyone. Except the people on the ice. Except the people on the ice. It's like, we only want to play this stupid game. Um, oh my god, that, that track was amazing. So, I have to say, like it was like like Art of Noise, like sort of like Mantronics, like 90s or like late 80s um, hip-hop slash techno feeling. I, just, I love those breakdowns with the drums. But then you got that cool guitar thing that only Rob Hubbard can do. Uh, that sounds a lot like what he did for also for an EA game, uh, Road Rash. So the meme for this one is everything that has to do with EA, where it's like it shows something, and then it shows something else behind a paywall. And it says, <laughs> thanks, EA. <laughs> thanks, Obama. No, it says, thanks, EA. And, um, yeah, the most recent one I found, okay, I did share on my Facebook, because you do that on Facebook. People don't share on Facebook. Um, it was the Beatles, and then on the next one, it was, like, Lennon, and, uh, and what's his name? Um, taken out, McCartney, Lennon and McCartney, like, <laughs> blocked out. <laughs> and then it shows, like, a little, like, you know, like, like $20 next to him. And then said the Beatles was the EA of Beatles was the Electronic Arts logo. Nice. So yeah, I guess um, because Electronic Arts sports games are all about microtransactions. If you want to play with this team with these players, you got to pay for them. And I actually kind of find that devious and hysterical for this particular reason. So back when they announced that they were going to start doing that with like Madden and stuff, Mm -hmm. that was one of the few times where I said this is a great idea. They should do this because generally 
sports releases are just updated rosters yeah. for the current season. Pretty much. And those players. So DLC for that kind of thing makes sense. Get the updated roster. We don't have to keep playing the game. But then I forgot. They like making money. So they just do both. They do updates throughout the year. And they add various things. And then after the year, they still release a new game that you still have to buy to keep current with the seasons or the with the esports e- e- leagues. Mm-hmm. And then they just do DLC in it again. Yeah. Obviously, I'm sure there's a player, a listener to this episode right now who loves Madden, That's and fine. he will sit there and tell us here's why they do it, and it makes perfect sense. And if you can do that, I encourage you to it's, do that. It's competitive, competitive gaming in sports simulation games has like gone completely off in that direction again where it's like to stay competitive you're buying packs of players you're buying packs of like teams and stats and things um and so if you're into sports you're already into all that stuff oh don't get me wrong if you're into competitive gaming you're gonna be compelled to keep going into it you know oh don't get me wrong i definitely agree with that but it's just the fact that people are like cool with it. like for perspective since you're you're, yeah. you're in the fighting scene. It's like that take Street Fighter Five in that regard. I know. Let's say they took Street. Well, I know they, they do have. like they do like. No, nah, no. <laughs> Street Fighter Five. They release seasons of characters. Yes. You pay for the season. Eight of them. Yeah. It has been a yeah multiple seasons, multiple characters. But they don't outright say that they made down the line. They'll be eating crow like a year from now. But they don't outright go a year in. Okay, now it's Street Fighter Six. And all the characters you bought over the last year, they're not in this game. Well, maybe three of them are. Three of them are out with a concussion. <laughs> they're out, but we put it as two bench warmers. Yeah, they got a Shoryuken, and they couldn't get up anymore. And we thought, hey, you know what your fingers you see in here? And they said, oh, Tiger Uppercut. And I was like, no, man. <laughs> nah, you're, this, is, this, is a, this is totally a Kikosho. But, like, that's the thing. It's like, so, it'd be like saying they did that. They released a new Street Fighter with some of the characters, but not all of them. And then you got to buy another set of DLC characters again, and then they release another Street Fighter the next year and do it again. And everybody would keep buying it because that's how you stay competitive, which is reasonable and understandable, but it would make me mad. similar to what they're doing. So, like, every year there's, like, eight new characters, and they're still in the game. I'm still fighting. I never bought Season 1. Mm-hmm. The first, the first, like, season of DLC characters. Like, uh, Guile. Um, I don't have uh, Urien. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of like characters in that game were considered like the top tier of the game. I don't have because I never decided. Or um, Alex, mm-hmm. I never bought season one, so I, like I never, I never really learned how to play against them. I but, never... but here's the trick, though. I get what you're saying, yeah. but you just said it yourself. You never bought those seasons of characters, but you do get an update patch. And you can use your original Street Fighter Five to fight. Yeah, but that's what I mean. You can still fight them. You can still participate. You just can't use them yourself. Right. So similar. I think I think Madden's the same way. Like you can be competitive and play with whatever you have, but someone's out there with something you don't know about. Not not exactly the same because because when Madden 19 comes out, yes, the Madden 18 online community is going to vanish. Because they all migrate to 19. So uh, if you want to keep playing, uh, you have to whole, buy the, the disc. The game changes, yeah. That's a, that's a little crazy. The sports, we, we can only talk about this so much because neither of us play these games. Exactly. Um, so, uh, listeners, if you are into Madden or these types of games, let us know. I want, I'm, I'm genuinely curious like, about this world. Um, and I understand the world is mainly yeah, licensed music, but I'm curious about how that works. 
Um, but let's... Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Electronic Arts, apparently it's really popular to villainize them for liking money. Yes. I'm not worried about that so much. <laughs> it's working for them, right? It is working. You know, it's a huge company. They can make these enormous games. I think they do what? They do what? Battlefield or whatever? Obviously, their hands are in so many cookie jars, I don't yeah. even remember I'm anymore. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure they're doing good. I'm sure they're having a good time. But they are involved with Battlefield. You're yeah, right about yeah, that. Yeah, and that's huge, too. So, you know what? It takes a team of people and a huge amount of capital. And a whole lot of unpaid hours. Yes. That's right. I brought some socioeconomics into this episode. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy. All right, what's up? What's next? So, this one is another scenario where I'm not sure. I guess a puzzle episode could have got this in there. But overall, I think this is a perfect episode to put this track in the show, too. So, this track is from the game Portal. And the track title is called Subject Name Here. Composed by Western composers. Yeah. Kelly Bailey and Mike Moraski. First timers for the show. I don't think we played any portal music, so I'm excited. are listening to insert subject <laughs> name here minus the insert <laughs> oh my god subject name here from the game portal 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 composed by kelly bailey and mike moroski so portal is one of those interesting games as far as music goes where the music is generally awesome the problem is you're so general, typically engaged in solving the puzzles and just yes. traversing the environment, and the music is crafted with the intent to be more so in the background mm. than up front for your ears to just grasp and sing along to or whatever. Yeah, it's very much more on the atmospheric side of things. And that's what this track is. It's very minimal. Yeah, and it's awesome in this case because typically I t tend to avoid atmospheric mm. stuff. But due to, again, the power of the meme episode, yeah. I started to dive into the tracks from these games I like that yeah. have memes associated, and this track is really good to me. 
outside of the game, I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm actually really into this. It's very hypnotic. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because I almost like I don't even need to mention what the meme associated with Portal happens to be, but I'll do it anyway. So I'm sure if you grew, if you were a person who socialized with gamers in the late 2000s, early 2010s, you heard someone make a bland reference to the cake is a lie. Usually in situations where it had no purpose being there in the first place. Yeah. The cake is a lie. I have no idea where it even started. Somebody just said it. It just came from the game. It was a popular quote. Like, there wasn't, like, an origin point of this meme. It's just, it was a popular line in the game used as mentioning that GLaDOS, the maniacal AI that you were dealing with throughout the game, was talking to you, the main character and test subject, enticing her to complete the test because there was a cake waiting for her at the end of the trials. But do you remember where you saw that famous line in the game? Oh, it was never seen. It's just it just she just says it Not while pre- she's talking yeah. to you. No, she doesn't say that. It was there's a section there's sections. Oh no, you're right. No, you're right. It was graffiti on the yes. wall. There's sections of the game where suddenly you start to find that like the clean, smooth walls and like the, the shiny exterior of all of these test rooms that you're puzzling your way through, that there's like a weird you start looking behind the walls. And you see, like, kind of like you know, staircases and 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 um, like re- like offices and things like that, where people were working, studying the test subjects, but it's all like destroyed. And there's graffiti everywhere, like where like long ago people have been like killed or maybe were trying to survive. And there's former scrawl- test subjects, four former test subjects, and scrawled on the wall is the cake is a lie. I remember when I first discovered that, I thought it was, like, amazing. It was just the coolest thing. There was a lot of really... I'm surprised yeah. I even clicked with it, but yeah, there was a lot of awesome graffiti stuff in general. It was not just the cake is a lie component, just that was the one, I think, that grabbed people yeah. the most. Well, the game makes you feel like you've discovered it on your own, you know? And that's and it, and, it, and it does so in a really nice way, where it's like, oh, I'm smart, and I figured it out. I mean, everyone, of course, like, the game kind of puts you in that direction, mm-hmm. but it's, it makes you feel, like, really smart, like, oh, I'm discovering something that you shouldn't know about this game. It's like discovering the game behind the game. It's so good. Like Like, this game and Portal Two are in the upper echelon of gaming experiences for me. Um, The second game, of course, had the more in-depth narrative. And I never played the second one. Oh, you totally should. They added these a number of different puzzling elements. I think I was simply the velocity gels. This this came out at a really good time in my gaming, um, like history. Mm -hmm. My gaming, like I don't know, career. But, like, I was young enough, and I was... I don't know. I, I get sick playing a lot of 3D games now. Ah, that makes and sense. And Chrissy was, gets motion sick from that yeah, stuff, too. I was able to, to complete this game, and, and, and Portal is all about first-person just bizarreness. You know, you go through this thing, you end up upside down. It's and then very you, disorienting. Then you, use the, uh, you use your... Your um your speed going through one to f- fling yourself across the room and it, it sounds like a great idea but everything's from the first person perspective it's, it will muck you up it will but it was such it was such an amazing experience yes. and puzzling and just narrative uh, yeah all together great package and of course the other side meme related to this was of course the as you mentioned earlier the ending theme song became oh yeah 
like just kind of like that's the song everyone knows. Yes, and it, I think I don't, good. I don't think it's as noted as it was back in the day, but people still know of it and people still sing it. Oh yeah, no, no. I mean, as soon as as soon as people heard it, it was like it's over. Jonathan Colton is you know became like the number one mm-hmm. like nerd folk singer. That is true. I think that was the track that boosted him. Like he was yeah. always good, oh, yeah, but that yeah. was his boost track. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Um, so I'm gonna get on to my last track. This is from the game Bomberman. What do you say about that? I'm looking forward to figuring out what the meme's gonna be, <laughs> but I like Bomberman. This is Bomberman for the this is the Turbo Graphics 16 version of Bomberman. Um, composed by Jun Shikuma. Come on, do 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 This is the boss theme. Oh, it's not do 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 No, it's not. It's not do 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 Ah, raspberry. This is the boss theme from Bomberman for the Turbo Graphics 16, composed by Jun Shikuma. music from the game Bomberman composed by Jun Chikuma for the TurboGrafx-16 PC Engine mm. if you will um, I love the sound of the PC Engine I do too and I, and I love Bomberman specifically for it because it was probably one of the like coolest little code related things in gaming to me if you bought a Turbo Duo or maybe a Turbo CD, but definitely the Duo. Mm-hmm. It came with a three-in-one disc, and three-in-one disc had multiple games on it. It had Bonk 1, Bonk 2, mm-hmm. and it had um, Gate of Thunder. Ooh, but nice. if you put in a code on the screen for selecting the games, mm-hmm. you access the Bomberman game in its entirety. Really? On the disc. On the disc. It was a secret game on the disc. And I thought that was amazing. Like, I'm That's sure down the line, I might feel a little annoying to have to put in a coder to anyone to play a game. But like they hidden, like, a whole game. Entire game was hidden on the disc. Interesting. So. What is the meme related to this? this? One. It's another one where the, it's uh, a bunch of, you've seen it. It's been used for different pictures and stuff. But it's usually, like, um, like a thing with a whole bunch of things on top of it. And it says, this isn't even my final form. Oh, that thing! I thought that was related to like Final Fantasy bosses. It's it's related. I just yeah. or Dragon Ball rather. I just thought it was just yeah, probably. But I just thought it was related to bosses. So, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think it fits. <laughs> I, th- I thought so. Because <laughs> that's generally where that whole final form thing comes in from video games. Is like, oh, I beat him, and then he like rises up from the muck. Yeah, and he's like a jelly monster. Final form. Yeah, I, you know, I think you're right. I think it is mainly Dragon Ball. But that's okay. No, it fits. Yeah. It totally fits because 
again, like mm. any RPG, any you know RPG, you're going to fight a boss, and you don't even. At, back in the day, you were kind of surprised, like, oh, it's Kefka. Now he's like a tower of Kefkas, no. and now he's Angel Kefka. But now you're just like. Well, I'm yeah. not even going to use my stuff because I know he's got like three forms. Oh, and if yeah, the guy only has one, that's the surprise. Yeah, like you're like you're playing Contra, right? And you fight that, like you fight a boss, and it's like, oh man, I used everything I had, and then suddenly there's like another form, and you're like, oh my god, this really? is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I don't, not that way in Bomberman so much. But as much as I love Bomberman, I am the worst at it. I am these. I am so bad at this game. As much as I hate Bomberman, so, I am so good at it. It's, it's the way I I'm feel about Catan, Settlers of Catan. I always think about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun, but I'm so bad at it. Well, and it makes you feel any better, hour, at least. Catan is like one of the most hated board games these days for some reason. Because there's better. <laughs> well, that's pretty much just there's much better games <laughs> now. Because I'd rather people like something else. But, um, but yeah, because losing is painful. Hey, I'm not and denying it's a it. Very long. You, yes, you can, because you win so much more. Hey, I get it in other games. I was I played Coinbra, which is a new game. It hasn't even been a fully released game. It this was game that you've never heard of, I lose all the time. Oh, but you, it, you weren't there. No, it's but valid. <laughs> it's, it, it is worse than Catan in that regard because, like Catan, there is an engine. Yes, I love how people are like, oh no, he's got trouble, but it's still perfect. Whatever, man. Catan, there's an engine. Well, it's not even much of an engine. It's like, you're like, okay, I know I need to get these tiles to get mm -hmm. these materials to build out a plan to win the game. And usually the stopgap is at that last, like, three points. Like, how am I supposed to get three more points? Coimbra is a game that has, like, seven different metrics. There's a mini board game. There's a card drafting. There's a card bidding. There's a dice bidding. There are four tracks to track on, and there are voids you have to bid on. All of this is in one game right. to generate one total score. The amount of pain that comes from trying it's, to plan across it's that... not like a point salad. It's not even a point salad. There's a lot of ways to get points, but it's not point it's a, salad. It's, a, it's, a, it's a many parts to one engine to get yes. one thing. Like you roll dice of different colors, you know. draft a dice yeah. with a number, then you bid on a spot to buy one of a set of cards. Then you have to pay the amount of pips on the die for I, the card. I'm so into this idea. I want to play this game. <laughs> and then you take the card and put that into your engine, and then you take the die color yeah. and you put that to more track to apply yeah, the power from the track. Uh, and then one of the tracks lets you move on a board to go from space to space. Uh, All these things are points, but it's not point salad. It's just... You're hitting the pleasure center of my brain so hard right now. <laughs> you say that, but if you're hating on Catan and losing, losing <laughs> at Coimbra will break you because... You think you game. did so good. That sounds so good to me. And then the tallying occurs, and you watch the guy lap you on the point tracker, <laughs> and you're wondering how the heck that happened. The first time I played I got beat by over 100 points. I was in last place. I played it again this week, came back, got first place by over 60, and I smiled across the table. I was like, got it now. Oh, my God. I'm in it. Oh, I don't play more board games. That's what I want to do. You and me both, friend. I have so many. Fun fact to Rob and the listeners, I have enough unopened board games Yes. to get me through over a year of one new board game a week played with people over a year. Over a year. Over a year. You gotta get cracking. Does that include expansions? No. <laughs> That's terrible. Expansions are even worse. <laughs> All right, let's not even think about that. 
is terrible. So but you also will be wonderful. a jack of all games. Mm-hmm. And a master of none. I'm, this makes me sad because that's the other thing, which is, oh my god, the board game podcast. Mm. So when I went to that board game convention a couple weeks ago, there was like a big tournament thing. It was all about tournaments. And yeah. they were all in tournaments for these games where some cases I'd played them and other cases I hadn't. But the ones I played, I was like, oh, I could compete in that. No problem. Right. I played it twice. I couldn't understand. And I sit down and there's these people all with their meta plays out, ready to go, just breaking the game in ways that I have no understanding. Like, yeah. how do, what are you doing? How is that it's a like, strategy? Like, oh yeah, you play a lot of games, so you think you're pretty good. No, no, they play only that game. Only that game, and they <laughs> master it. And they will Ma- wreck you. Splendor is one of the simplest board games out there, and people meta that. Oh, I'm bad. I can't even imagine. Competitive Splendor? It's. I'm nodding right now. Yeah, yeah. It is scary. I had to change my entire playstyle just to compete. And to, I don't even to me, like that. Sounds like that a fun, casual type thing. It's better that way because the meta gameplay. I don't like playing meta because it's boring. Mm. Like you're basically think of it like this. And Splendor is an engine builder game. A bunch of cards stacked up. Boo-doo-doo-doo, get your thing going. Free pips. But to play the real meta way, you're typically winning with four to five cards on in front of you. Whereas usually you're happy because you got like ten cards or fifteen, uh, but you end up having to win the game with five cards, which means every card is worth major points, and it just you're stacks. Just optimizing, it. You're, you're knowing mm-hmm. like what's the best play already. Yeah, that's crazy. It gets rough. That's rough. And exciting. I wouldn't mind watching that, to be honest with you. It is entertaining to watch, especially when you block people off and they give you this mean look. I had a guy who was telling legend stories about well, I meant like spectator, not like... Oh, I like watching people... I like watching people lament over the fact that they could not get past my keen strategy. Because <laughs> you can see what they're doing, and they're like, nope. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. Or also, I have long arms, I'm just sitting like, I didn't see your chips, you cheap jerk! Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, the, the chip... The chip, chip gate. That's right. As you can tell from my massive amounts of crunching on the show, I am the chip master. All right. Well, um, how about we get past this boss level and we get into the bonus round? Bonus round. The bonus round part of our show is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements and everything that is good about video game music, but is not original video game music. What do you say about that? I think I am ready to power up, as it were. Power up. So, yeah, so you're going up to to Philadelphia this weekend to the, um, it's called Game Masters at the Franklin Institute. Indeedly do And it's actually, I think it's over. I think they're removing the the um, installation by the end of this month. Yeah. The end of next month, I think. It's coming up pretty soon. See, the end of September or August. Yeah. And it's going to be a sad thing to see go because it's really cool to have such a intricate display set up for the purpose of, you know... Very, very large installation of video games um, from all these different generations and talking about the developers and the people who were involved in creating them. And my my nieces, who were like, you know, 12 and 8, were in love with Altered Beast. And I just, I get a huge kick out of hearing that. I think that's amazing. Altered Beast. Power it up. They were like, that's the best. Daddy, I'm powering up. Okay, man, dude. They're 12, not like four. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just know they're youngins. I don't know how youngins. Mm. All right, I'm not going <laughs> to... 
<laughs> Powered up. Powered up. All right, so did you go with another meme for your... I totally did. What's that one? Though I might be off on the composer, which might have to get fixed in post, but uh, we'll find out. <laughs> that's all right. So, I had to... Not like we haven't done that before. <laughs> we have? Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hey, listeners. Eagle-eyed listeners, if you can find that. <laughs> As they do. Um, I We could not do a video game meme episode and not reference... What is probably the OG video game meme out there? I'm gonna let you guess before I even tell you, because I um, think you'll know. Was the dancing baby in a video game? No, that was Ally McBeal. Was that Uniracers? No, for the Super Nintendo. No, <laughs> why Uniracers? Is that even a meme associated I with don't that know. game? I, my mind was like, what was the first video game you can think of? <laughs> and I remember and it playing, was Uniracers. I remember playing Uniracers a lot in junior high school. Well, such a great game. It was a weird game, that's for sure. Yes, it was. Living Unicycles. All right, so what? what is it? Oh, do, do we can play the, play the music first. We've been doing that. Oh, but of course. All right. This is a remix of the Zero Wing theme, Rev 5 mix, composed by, I believe, Rev 5. Rev 5. How are you, gentlemen? All your base are belong to us. You are on the way to destruction. You have no chance to survive. Make your time. All your base, your base, base, base. All your base are belong to us. All your base, your base, base, base. All your base are belong to us. All your base, your base, base, base. All your base.
Cannot believe we've just played all your bass. Well, that wasn't the original All Your Bass. No. Because that one, even even I'm not that horrible. I wasn't going to put that on the show. <laughs> but this mix, I think, is pretty decent. It incorporates the makeshift voice for the purpose of saying this is what it is, and it kind of has that rhythmic approach of using it. But then it's a remix of the actual track from the game itself. Funny enough, to this day, I have never played Zero Wing. I've been on the cusp of... I've been on the edge of understanding this meme from the very beginning, because I was there when it kicked up. This existed before meme culture existed. This is probably yeah. <laughs> the very first video game meme. It, it could be. It could be. It's like right there of like people were talking about it because like no one really knew what it meant. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of funny. Like, cause when they when it first came up, I didn't. I'd never even heard of the game itself. I was just, what the heck is this weird English title? Yeah, why are they saying these stupid things? But the Zero Wing soundtrack legitimately has an incredible sound. It's incredible. It's it's a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's it's good. And that may be the best aspect. That may right. be the best thing to come out of the all your base meme in the begin with, is the fact that more people learned that Zero Wing existed. Mm. So the artist we I believe goes by P D V out of the Netherlands mm-hmm. um, and is in the demo scene or is a tracker artist. Um, that's all I know from the, the YouTube page. Every All the other links are completely broken. Yeah, because this guy... And nearly 10 this, years old. Exactly. This is like at least 10 years or so, so yeah. this is ancient times. But good stuff. Really internet good stuff. culture. Yeah. Really, really deep cut. So I just, I guess I had, I felt like I it had, Zeroing had to get representation on a video game memeing episode Otherwise, I couldn't have slept comfortably tonight. <laughs> Amazing. So I chose a remix from Star Fox. Mm-mm. Just the Star Fox. Uh, and the song is just called Star Fox. And it's composed, remixed by Jay, Corm- Jay Komsik.
was a Star Fox remix remix by Jay Cosmic um, definitely more on the side of sound effects used in a very creative way a really wonky style uh, hip hop beat it was music to my ears I like so I know lot. complaint yeah I like that sound a lot yeah, check them out um, at soundcloud.com slash Jay Cosmic Cosmic with two K's and a Z Keep it 2Ks, buddy. 2Ks. Um, yeah, I like that style. I like that style a lot. It's very, like, kind of glitch, trip-hoppy. Um, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of really good music, but he hasn't posted in five years, so hoping he's he's um, maybe branched out into some other projects or doing some more things. He's kind out of, of Memphis, though, so. It's kind of one thing I like about how the internet store, well, I won't say the internet stores, but how different websites will allow your music to just kind of stay up there well after you may possibly have left it, because that means that, even though you might not be composing anymore, you still compose it at some point. And it is awesome for people to still be able to hear what you have written, and, regardless of how long ago you wrote it. And on SoundCloud, where you you wouldn't think that it'd still be there. <laughs> where you, you wouldn't think that SoundCloud would still be around. Hopefully it sticks around longer than everyone believes it will, because I thought it would have been going by now, too. And yeah. yet here it is, filled well, with awesome jamage. Well, if you want more information about the artists on the bonus round part of our show... Go to uh, rhythmandpixels.com and we'll have links to their SoundClouds and Bandcamps and everywhere where you can support the artists. All right, I want to thank you for joining us on episode 14-7 of Rhythm and Pixels, where we talk about memes... Or and, Mimi, depending on your dialect. Yeah, well, how you know, however you want to do it. However, <laughs> however you want to share it with your friends in a friendly way. So yeah. fun thing here, by the way. So yeah. we all we picked we obviously three memes, three songs, and then this bonus fourth meme. We covered. Are there any memes you can think of that did not get accounted for on this episode that you would have utilized if you had either known the know, song or whatever? I, 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 for my my quote unquote research for this this episode I was thinking about more like the classic memes done with video games like um what's that that dude with a hat where it's like oh man jerk face such and such oh I was going to ask you mention that later but that's something yeah else. that guy or like oh um or like uh the, the you know bad luck Brian yeah or the toddler like making a fist and he's like yes I did it <laughs> Oh yeah, I like him. My favorite toddler-based like, meme join the is game. beat the game. Beat the game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's like but business baby. Business baby. You ever heard of business baby? Oh, where he's like on the phone. Yeah, yeah the baby at the high chair with the phone is like, I canceled my three o'clock. I just pooped my pants. No, the, the best, the best one is um, uh, 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 dog. Where it's like, 
Hello, yes, this is dog. <laughs> and the, no, uh, that one and um, the dog wearing a tie at a computer. Yes! And it just says, I have no idea what I'm doing. That actually became a big one, like multiple animals doing the, I don't know, like there's the dog with the in the lab. No, with the, with I the know, but the classic is like the golden the golden retriever. In the lab? <laughs> just, yeah, the lab, yeah, just looking completely confused. It just cracks I don't me know up what every I'm time. Doing. Um, there's, there's one for classic pictures. I just, I used to hang on to them in my old job, like, ages ago, and they just stayed on hard drives from computer to computer, and one was, um, it was Microsoft Word, but it was, like, Ice-T and, like, Dr. Dre, and it was, like, Word. (laughs) Microsoft Word, homie. And it was, um, write letters and shit, yo. Oh, edit, edit. (laughs) Edit that out. But you know what I mean. It's um, it's pretty classic. It's it's one of my favorites. And like I will say, for me, like there are more memes than I definitely rem- looked up because there's a ton out there in general. And thankfully, you ended up doing the dual barrel roll, which was what the Star Fox one was all about. I didn't about. even mention that. Yeah, but yeah, Star Fox dual barrel dual roll. Dual barrel roll, I Fox. Mean, you can still type dual barrel roll into Google, and your and your screen will spin around. As far as my end goes. There were more. There were definitely more than I actually thought about bringing up, but it was more like just getting enough for the episode proper. But at least two that I had in mind that I didn't utilize on this actual episode was grabbing pills from Left for Dead, Lewis. You bald, beautiful man, and your pill used to have it. So basically, every time one of the healing items in the game was a bottle of pills, and every time the character Lewis, who I actually wore, dressed up as for Halloween one year. It was uncannily, uncanny good. <laughs> um, every time he picked up, he goes, grabbing pills. But it became this weird meme where he's like grabbing peels, like he's oh. peeling out. And it was like weird imagery and stuff. It was mm. really absurd. But it was hysterical at the same time. And I also like saying grabbing peels. I'm good. And then the other one, one of the other big daddies, which unfortunately, the only reason I didn't pick it was because I couldn't find any music from the game that I liked enough to put on the episode. Is from the game Genji, Days of the Whatever. I didn't even finish writing the name down because I didn't care. Genji. Days of the Samurai, I think it was. And the meme is hit the enemy crab in his weak spot for massive damage. It was an E3 press conference when they were showing off the power of the PlayStation device. And um, the game Genji release was released, and they were trying to show off the gameplay. And the guy is doing the commentary, and he just goes. He's like, as he tries to talk, like, this is the point where you hit the cra- you hit the enemy crab in his weak point for massive damage. And for some reason, people just grabbed onto that. <laughs> and it became hysterical. I don't even remember if it was PS2 or PS3, but I'm pretty sure. I want to say it's PS3. Because Genji came out on PS2, but oh. there was a sequel on the PS3. Some, I don't know. Sometimes things just come out funny. And, and it's usually a lot of awkwardness on the And it's awkwardness, stages. but like, yeah, I mean, like... How how can you not be? I watched the um, the computer game show from the last E3, and it's just all cringy because it's all forced. It's forced enthusiasm for all of these things that it's like, hey, look at this thing. But and so it's like you can't help but just be like, eh. that's what kind of irks me about this. It's like you think about it. We're sitting there talking right now, right? Yeah. If you were to say Pernell, we- tell me about this game you like, and I start talking about it. There is it's, the enthusiasm is not forced. And there's intermixing well, okay, between excitement okay. and general speech. Because I'm like, hey, Pernell, tell me about something that you like. Catfish, you, baby! You do. I love catfish. Okay, now I'm like, okay, Pernell, all right, here's a few hundred dollars for you to work for the evening to get really excited about something that you've never played. 
And that's and that's the thing though. That's where they're doing it wrong. Then, it's because tough. It's yeah, well, I mean, they're not doing it wrong. I mean, it's just well. The, I mean, like the, as far as like giving us the fake enthusiasm. Yeah, I th- I think the. I think they could restructure these shows a little differently and not make it more like an event and more like, um, I don't know. They could be dancers. They could be music. That's a bit overboard even uh, still. They like, could be like a comedian. Uh, I'm thinking of In Living Color. <laughs> I will say on the positive. The Wayans Brothers could be there. No, I'm thinking the, of In Living Color. No, not the Wayans Brothers. <laughs> But at least this awkwardness is what eventually brought us the Devolver Studios press conferences, which are oh my God. absurd and hysterical. God bless those people. Yes, they are. They did E3 this year I love in the parking lot do. across the street from E3 love at it. a fake Sarsaparilla booth. It was great. Oh, they, I remember, yeah, they did the, um, like, I think, like, behind, like, behind the convention center where the dumpsters were one year. And <laughs> they made, like, a, like, try to look like a circus. But they just, uh... It's just ingenious. They just, they just know... They know it's a joke, and they're in on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm doing that affirmative nod. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, this isn't being recorded oh, visually. I love it. I love it. Um, but if you would like to be in on our joke, well, the joke's on you. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So, um, why don't you go ahead and send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Um, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear topic suggestions. Um, musical suggestions if there's if there's some music that you think maybe we've looked over or there's some like rare cuts that we should check it check it out or if you're an artist if you work in the games industry or if you're a musician or a remix artist we would love to hear from you too because um we're we're really passionate about music and about remixes you're here to that yeah and if you want more information about us about our show um, track listings for all the episodes access to all the episodes and then links to just everything else that we're doing Go to the website, rhythmandpixels.com. Um, and yeah, we have links to our 24 uh, 7 video game music YouTube station. You can go there. Um, a lot of awesome banger hits. Yeah, there's a lot of music on that station. And you'll hear little uh, station ID voices from uh, Pernell and I. It's kind of fun. I don't even remember what I said anymore at this point, which makes it always a surprise yeah, and it was, a treat. It was pretty late one night. We were like, hey, Pernell, let's just do this real quick. <laughs> we just did it. Which, funny enough, speaking of that, like, I recently did a, when I did that all-star fruit racing thing. Yeah. Review, like, while talking about, I just randomly came up with, like, some odd lines, like, what my character would say if he was driving a cart. Mm -hmm. And they were surprisingly hysterical. And they got to the point where I was like, you know, we need somebody who likes podcasts enough that is also skilled enough to become like, like a little like hockey, like hackney cart racer or something. And we'd all have cars just so I'd have the excuse to record these lines that go into something. Like, I was like, it was, I can't remember what the heck I even said. It was like, something like, go to bowl you over. It was like, <laughs> like throwing a giant coconut. Like, go to bowl you over. That'd be funny. I love that. It's just you. <laughs> Nuts up. That's what I said. Nuts up. Nuts up. And my friend's like, where did that come from? It was like, I don't know. It was just the first thought I had. Oh, my God. Maybe it's because I have all those boiled peanuts at home. I don't know. I like it. I like it because it's like um, like an elephant. <laughs> like an elephant racer. Um, anyway, if um, if you want to also reach out to us over social media, check us out on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, also on Facebook, we have our little group. It's uh, just called Rhythm and Pixels Chat, where we're playing game. We're playing. A, we're picking a one or two retro games and we're playing through um, every week and we're talking about it. So this this month has been Zelda 2 and Ninja Gaiden? Two. Yep. Zelda 2, a link 
the twos. <laughs> the two the links of duality. <laughs> and worth noting here, as is mentioned in the chat, the focus of the group is not to be an expert or to plow through all no, these games. it's just enjoying... Maybe revisiting something and, and, and enjoying it. Yeah, discussing yeah. it. Heaven yeah. forbid you play a game like Ninja Gaiden 2, don't get past World 2, guess what? Your perspective yeah. is, I didn't get past World 2, and here's or how you, what you I experienced. You start playing it again, and you don't like it. Yeah, that's you, fine. Your perspective or, is, I don't like the game. Or you don't want to. Well, that's fine with us, too. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's folks that are actually in the group that don't play the games, but they enjoy interacting as everyone talks about them yeah. and, and participating. I'm so. raising my hand right here. I <laughs> don't play a lot of the games. Um, so yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, and if you want to support the show, um, share it with your friends um, on whatever platform you're on. That's always super helpful. You can help us out in other ways. You can go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. And it's very, very much appreciated there. Um, and at the end of every episode, we'd like to thank all of our patrons. So um, first, we would like to thank Alex the Messenger, who gave us the topic for this episode. Topic for this episode. What a topic. I want to thank Brian Knuckles. I want to thank Abby Barson. This is Pig Latin. Uh, Bamian Deckles. Uh, Sikid Weferoth. E.K. Ompala. E.K. Ombre. <laughs> um, Carlos. <laughs> uh, Enric Henderson. <laughs> Michael Midgewater. <laughs> Of the Forever Sound Version podcast. He just did an episode on the Amiga CD32 system. I love that episode, by the way. That was a work episode for me. That was really good. The music on that was incredible. Um, I also want to thank Brian Bitt. Oh, fun uh, fact for anyone listening related to what we're talking about. Brian, or sorry... Brian (laughs) recently actually completed a massive undertaking he's been doing for a number of years. He decided to play from Zelda 1 all the way through every Zelda game ever made. He played through every Zelda game. I think he did exclude the stupid CDI, Philips CDI games. Yeah, that's just... (laughs) But he played through every Zelda game, including Twilight Heroes. I'm sorry, Triforce Heroes by himself. Oh. And he wrote a review for each and every one of the yeah, games. Good on you. Can we, do we? That's all online. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, but I'd rather get his. Conf- he can like tell us if he wants to share it or not. Because I know there's like I think it's like like a journal or something. So he might have to be comfortable oh, okay. sharing the link. But all right, well, then he reviewed them all. Let's it's reach awesome. out to him. I, I would love to love to see that. And I'd love to share that. Oh yeah. Um, also, would like to thank Gorton Mangso. Mango, mango, mango. Uh, Miss Curry. <laughs> Miss Curry. That's the best one so far. Uh, Vo Jasalo <laughs> and Savid Dith. I think you got, did a pretty good job with that. Yeah, I think you did pretty good. So if you would like for me to butcher your name every week, head over to patreon.com and we'll, we'll help you out. Also, every month we do a live stream of our episodes where we record and we play music suggested by primarily um, Patreon members. And our next Patreon recording will be this week, this Thursday. So get those in over wherever, Twitter, Facebook, email. Let us know what you want to hear. Because I have an anchor in for choosing some beastly tunes. Um, I I have a win this one. I have a request for some classic 8-bit 
business, eight business, eight beat business. <laughs> um, that's that's my that's my my request. So, so that's where I'll be. I'm about to say, I'm like, on. who requested eight bit business? No, I am. I want the bleep boops. <laughs> I want to get that that <laughs> pulse. Beeps. I want them pulse waves. Make me feel good. And pulse waves make me feel good. That's about it. I think we've covered what we want to cover. Everything. Yeah, pretty much. Though I will say, I mean. If you feel as though you are interested in hearing a guy ramble, and though admittedly I gotta admit it's not as G-rated as our podcast is here, but you still like hearing rambling about video games, check me out on the SML podcast where I do some reviews here and there. Yeah, SML podcast. It's a fun time. Anything else you want to plug? You um, you do game reviews? Yes, though I'm actually getting back into the habit because I really my summer was so wonky bonkied. That uh, I I got back from E3 and I didn't do a ton of writing, but I'm finally getting back on the horn of it. And I did some I'm doing some write ups and stuff now. So I'm on Hey Poor Player, www.heypoorplayer.com. I do general commentary here and there, mm-hmm. and I write reviews for games there. Yeah. Just, I'm more of a I think Rob can agree here. I'm more of a, a gabba gabba hey word kind of guy, speaking up yeah, and chatting. It's, it's a very uh, a natural way of discuss of talking about the games and, and i think your reviews are on point thank you good sir uh, and also um if you're interested um key glyph from the bgm yes. jukebox podcast is streaming every thursday almost every thursday although i think she was streaming on wednesday as well um some retro games check her out on twitch i think it's just twitch.com slash um go support her go support what she's doing because she's she a quality is, person yeah, good friend of the show good friend of us and I like what she's she doing. She kicked our butt at Sushi Go. <laughs> Still talking about that. I won't forget it. Um, so yeah, so definitely go out there and support her. I know our, um, our streams might be happening at the same time this week, but that's okay. There's a big enough internet for the both of us. That is true. And if not, Sushi Go rematch. Rematch. Um, so you've been listening to Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Perplexinel. <laughs> Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. And remember, the internet and you, 101. Everything you do, say, whatever, it's on the internet. It's going to be captured, and it's being stored somewhere. It's an unfortunate reality. Get used to it. However, from that area tends to come memes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes funny, sometimes sad, sometimes grand, sometimes grrr. But what's important is when you're on the internet, Put your best foot forward at all times. Always be the best person you can possibly be because you never know when old stuff may surface and you may find yourself a meme. Wouldn't it be better to be a good guy, Greg, as opposed to a scumbag Steve? Scumbag Steve, that's what his name is. That's his name. I couldn't remember. Um, No, I actually had this conversation with Keyglyph when we recorded that that crossover episode, and it was all about um, um, being in control well, I, I think I was talking. It was an aside that I had, but it was staying in control of your image online because ultimately you are in control of that. Mm-hmm. You're in control of what you put out there. Yep. And if you just put out everything, then you're not exactly representing the best part of yourself. Exactly. Or if you are putting something out, make sure it's something that if it were to ever come back to bite you, yeah. it can't bite hard because you're actually okay with that person. Like, I don't think we've ever recorded a bad episode. It's just never happened. Ever. Yeah, it's amazing. Ever. Every single one. <laughs>
Oh, trophy winner. It's always on time, and it's always, like, the best. <laughs> I, I I can't believe we're doing this for free. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs>